Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we take a look back at 2022 in African football. The excitement of the FIFA World Cup and the men's and women's Africa Cup of Nations, and we hear from Southampton's Nigerian forward Joe Aribo, and from Aston Villa's Zimbabwean midfielder Marvelous Nakamba. And also for me to be coached by him, for me he was my role model growing up here in Zimbabwe. That's coming up later. Also, Stuart looks at how the 2026 World Cup might work with 48 teams taking part. We、we'll、start with the、uh, very sad news that came on Thursday night that a Brazilian football legend Pele, arguably the greatest player ever, has died at the age of 82. Pele is the only player to have won the World Cup three times in 1958, 1962, and 1970, and he was named FIFA's Player of the Century in 2000. Uh, Pele wasn't well for a long time. He'd been suffering with kidney and prostate problems in recent years. His stats are amazing: a world record 1,281 goals in 1,363 appearances over a 21-year career, including 77 goals in 92 games for Brazil. So the debate will always go on as to who's the greatest ever footballer.、Uh, many saying it's either Messi or Ronaldo, but、uh, before them there was Maradona, the Argentina legend, and before him there was Pele. And many of those of an older generation would say that Pele is the greatest of all time. Well, although 2022 is coming to a close, the football action continues with the English Premier League and other leagues around the world in progress. And the 2022 Chan, the African Nations Championship, starts in Algeria in just two weeks from now. Also coming up, we have the Under-20 Africa Cup of Nations finals in Egypt, and the group stage of the CAF Champions League and the Confederation Cup start in February.、And、more on all of that on next week's show. But this week we're looking back at an exciting year, a memorable FIFA World Cup won by Argentina, who beat France in one of the best finals ever, and Morocco finishing fourth, Africa's best ever finish at the World Cup. Well, in the round of 16, the Atlas Lions stunned Spain 3-0 on penalties after a goalless 120 minutes. Here's jubilant Morocco fans after the win. I'm feeling so happy, so proud to be Moroccan, so grateful. We weren't expecting such a beautiful match. The penalties were hectic, stressful. I was in the bathroom hiding because I was too scared. It was an amazing game. It was a tough game. With this spirit, with this team management, they could be reaching to the finals. Hopefully, a hundred percent. Obviously, we will get the trophy. Inshallah. Why not? <laughs> Nothing is impossible. Sky is the limit. Of course, we will go to final. That audio from TRT World and Morocco inspiring the rest of Africa. We look forward to many more good World Cups for the continent. And there's nine African teams taking part at the next World Cup in 2026. We'll talk with Stuart about that later on. 
Now, the delayed 2021 Africa Cup of Nations was held in Cameroon in January and February.、Uh, sadly, eight people died in a stampede before the game between Cameroon and the Comoros.、Uh, two women and four men, all in their 30s, and two children also passed away. Well, besides that tragedy, Senegal won their first ever Africa Cup of Nations as they beat Egypt on penalties in the final. Sadio Mane beating Mohamed Salah. They were then Liverpool teammates at the time. It was also a great tournament for the smaller teams, and the Gambia got to the quarter-finals at their first ever Nations Cup. The Scorpions beating Mauritania 1-0 in their first game, and Ablai Jallo scored the goal there. He spoke to Planet Sport Football Africa's Mamadou Ba. I'm so happy to score the winning goal for my country, and it's an important goal. So I pray to God for it to continue to continue scoring goals for my country because it's an important game. So the first game is so important for us. We have to win this game. When you smashed the ball and he went into the back of the net、uh, while celebrating, can you describe the feeling that、um, you had, and、uh, knowing that how important the goal was? Yeah, yeah, I cannot even explain the feeling I have. The time I saw the ball back of the net, I was so happy. So I cannot, I cannot even celebrate. So I was just running. And then the,、uh, the message to the millions of Gambians who who are glued to their television watching, including the president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are thanking them for their support. We saw that the whole Gambia they are behind us. So we are thanking them because we cannot thank them enough. But we are thanking them because we saw that whole Gambia is behind us. So they are giving us their support, their prayers. It has to continue like this. So that's the Gambia forward Ablai Jallo speaking to Planet Sport Football Africa's Mamadou Ba, and the Comoros also did well at their first Afcon. They stunned Ghana 3-2 to reach the round of 16, where they then lost to the hosts Cameroon. Well, after beating Ghana, we spoke to El Fado Ben Mohamed of Comoros. Yeah, we are、uh, proud to make this、uh, result, you know, because、uh, when we play the first two games, we want to make something, and today we. We play our football, and、uh, this victory is、uh, for all our fans. And、uh, I'm proud of、uh, the team.、Uh, this victory is for you, and、uh, continue to support us. I'm very proud of、uh, everybody, and this is also for my family. That's El Fadu Ben Mohamed of the Comoros. A great men's Nations Cup it was, and Senegal finally getting their hands on the trophy. Well, the Women's Africa Cup of Nations took place this year as well. South Africa beat the host Morocco in the final. This was another great tournament with fantastic attendances and no doubt the best ever WAFCON. Expanded from eight teams to twelve, and South Africa winning their first title ever, breaking the long-standing dominance of Nigeria. And、Morocco beat Nigeria in the semi-finals on penalties, while South Africa beat Zambia. And in the final, Banyana Banyana beat Morocco 2-1 to take the title. Here's South Africa coach Desiree Ellis. It's been a long time coming. I think、um, even me as a player, I got a silver in 2000 when we played the tournament in South Africa. We lost to Nigeria, and a lot of coaches and players before、um, we've all tried, but today was really special because it's not just about us. Um, it's about the players that have come before. It's about the coaches that have come before,、um, the contributions they've made, and to win this、um, Wefcon, the first one, it takes the monkey off our back. 
um, and to go through the tournament unbeaten is even more special. That's South Africa coach Desiree Ellis after Banyana Banyana won their first ever Women's Africa Cup of Nations at the finals in Morocco. We're here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. We're taking a look back at 2022 in African football. We had some big interviews with Europe-based players, including Nigeria forward Joe Aribo, who played 70 games for club and country last season, believed to be more than any other player. Aribo was with Rangers, the Scottish Giants, last season and then moved to Southampton where he has two goals in 16 appearances so far this season in the English Premier League. Now Rangers lost the Europa League final to Eintracht Frankfurt of Germany. They also lost the domestic title to Celtic with the Scottish Cup, their only success last season. So some challenging times at club level for Aribo. Then with the Nigeria national team, they went out at the round of 16 at this year's Africa Cup of Nations finals and they lost the World Cup playoff to Ghana in March. Well, Planet Sport Football Africa's Oluwashina Okaleji spoke to Aribo, first reflecting on the past season with Rangers. I'd say it's been a very good one. As you know, football is like a roller coaster. It has, it has its ups and downs. Um, but I've enjoyed it. Uh, it's been a long season, I'll just say that for sure. I've played a lot of games, but yeah, as a whole, it's been good. I'm happy to get silverware. Uh, a bit disappointed about the league, but to win a trophy is a good, good, nice feeling. When you talk about disappointment, the Afghan didn't go well for Nigeria. You also wanted to go to the World Cup. It didn't happen. You lost an European Cup final. I mean, for a player, that must really be tough. Yeah, um, I think it, it, it was difficult um, to take it, but it's, it wasn't going to plan. Uh, God has a plan for us, and it wasn't meant to be. So I think we can't question God. Uh, we just need to trust and believe in what he has planned for us and I think when when you suffer something that's disappointing um, of course it's a natural feeling to be down or upset but um, there's always another game coming and you can't dwell on those things and we just have to move forward and keep moving forward so yeah on a personal note um, you're chasing the 70 games with um, you, I mean for yourself like it doesn't happen often to play so many games some players are complaining of burnout you just go in like nothing happened so far yeah, um, I get my strength from God, so if I'm saying I'm tired, then I've got to keep going because I have the ability, I have the fitness, I have the right people around me and I've got the strength of God, so I know I can keep going. Whether I feel tired, which I have plenty of times, but I can just keep going. Every time we go on social media and elsewhere in the European newspapers, people talk glowing things about you, how... They just don't understand the, the, the talent, the ability to do all the things you do. Have you always believed in yourself that you're capable of producing performances like that? <laughs> um, funny enough, no. Um, uh, before, I, I would always be like a shy player, but now I have that belief. I've, I've had um, the right people around me to give me that confidence to, to say, yes, like you're, you're the man that's going to take the game and change the game because even with my ma- previous managers, they said, oh, you're like a game changer, so I've had to believe in myself. The only way I'm going to do that is if I'm confident in myself, so I've had to take my time and get that confidence to believe in myself. Every time you talk, you talk by God's grace, by God's grace now. Um, are you a Christian? Do you really? Yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian, strong believer. Um, I know that without God, I wouldn't be doing this. He gives me, he's given me this talent, the strength, and yeah, I'm just thankful to God for everything that's going my way.
Now people say, um, through Christ, they are strengthened and all that. Has there been a part in your life where Christianity and your faith has actually played a role in your, in your career? I just think God has a plan for everyone. And with me, I think he's putting me on a pedestal to let people know that God does do wonders and miracles because where I've come from to where I am now, it's only God. Um, this can't be, it's not man-made. So, yeah, I just think if you look at my life and what's going on with me, then you truly be- believe that God is out there and working wonders. That's Nigeria forward Joe Aribo speaking at the end of last season in June when he was with Rangers in Scotland and now playing for Southampton in the English Premier League. Now to another interview we had this year with Aston Villa's Zimbabwean midfielder Marvellous Nakamba. Now Nakamba is 28. He left Zimbabwe for France when he was just 18 and later moved to Vitesse in the Netherlands and to Club Bruges in Belgium before signing for Aston Villa in 2019, becoming the fourth Zimbabwean to play in the English Premier League. Well, Nakamba's spent a lot of time fighting for a place in the starting eleven at Villa, but he did well when Steven Gerrard arrived as manager last season and was the fans' player of the month in November 2021. But soon after, he suffered a serious knee injury and only came back towards the end of last season. Uh, this season, it's been very tough for Nakamba, who's yet to get a start for Villa. Well, he was back here in Zimbabwe for a few weeks in June and July, and my colleague Simba Chiminia spoke to Nakamba first about the frustration of the injury. Yeah, of course, when I was injured, it happens in football, but when it happened, also it was the time when I was enjoying my game. But with the support that I had from the technical staff, my teammates, everyone around Aston Villa, my family also... They flew over to UK that time when I was injured, so I had everyone on my side. So, of course, it was disappointing, but... You know, many people were really enjoying it, especially when uh, Steve Gerrard took over, and it seems that uh, you started playing with so much confidence, and it seemed that the coach had so much confidence in you. And is there anything that he told you when he came over to be the manager of Aston Villa? And that something special? Yeah, he spoke like he to every player when they came, and also it was after international break when I went back there. Yeah, I had a chat with the technical staff, with the gaffer, also Steve G, and also for me to be coached by him for me he was my role model growing up here in Zimbabwe watching him playing in the EPL and also now having the opportunity to be coached by someone that you looked up to is so amazing and everything and also him personality, he's a leader he's a winner and now as a coach also he's someone who's there for the group who's there for every player and someone who has pushed everyone in the club and he's someone who's once everything concentrated 100% each and every time. That's Zimbabwe and Aston Villa midfielder Marvellous Nakamba speaking to Simba Chiminia in June of 2022. It's been tough times for him ever since at Aston Villa. He hasn't played at all this season. He became out of favour with manager Steven Gerrard, who was then fired, but the new manager Unai Emery hasn't given Nakamba a chance either, failing to get into the matchday squad on most occasions. And it's a situation many players in Europe face of fighting for a place in the squad and deciding whether they'll be better off moving to a smaller club. 
Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Still to come, Stuart on the 48-team World Cup that's coming up in 2026. You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA, and you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs in our archive. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. And our website is planetsport.tv. There you can read Russ Bravo's blogs during the World Cup, including why you need to expect the unexpected and on penalties and the route to glory. Uh, That's uh, in the blog section of our website, planetsport.tv. Let's go to social media now. And last week we asked, uh, what are your footballing highs and lows of 2022? Uh, That could be with your national team, uh, your favourite club or other memorable moments. And the topic that came up most uh, by a long way was Morocco's great run at the World Cup, uh, taking fourth place. Uh, Mama Tabajang in the Gambia says it was a good year for African football. Uh, Morocco made us proud. And many others said the same in countries including Morocco itself and in Kenya. Then on club football, Sideko Suno in the Gambia says, My favourite club in Europe is Bayern Munich. My most memorable moment this year is when they beat Barcelona home and away in the Champions League this season. Also seeing my national team, the Scorpions, qualify for the AFCON for the first time was a memorable moment too, says Sideko. Idrissa Sanko says, I believe in Arsenal. Idrissa hoping that the Gunners can go on to win the English Premier League title. And yes, they're still on top in the Premier League. Midweek wins for them, also for Man City, Newcastle, Manchester United, Liverpool and Chelsea too. Arsenal still holding a five-point lead over Manchester City. And this week, Erling Haaland became the fastest player ever to reach 20 Premier League goals as Man City beat Leeds 3-1 on Wednesday, Haaland getting 20 goals in just 14 games. Incredible performances so far from him in England. And Liverpool have got stuck into the January transfer window already ahead of time. They've agreed to sign the Dutch forward Cody Gapko from PSV Eindhoven. Gapko, who's 23, starred at the World Cup in Qatar with three goals for the Netherlands as they got to the quarter-finals. And games to look out for this weekend, Liverpool against Leicester on Friday night and Arsenal playing away to Brighton on Saturday and Man City playing Everton also on Saturday. Right, and next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, to our European football expert Stuart Weir in the UK. And as we look back at 2022, more on the FIFA World Cup, as of course Kylian Mbappe scored a World Cup final hat-trick and amazingly ended up losing the game as Argentina beat France in a penalty shootout. Now, the only other person to have scored a hat-trick in a World Cup final was Jeff Hurst for England in 1966. And Stuart spoke to Hurst, who highlighted how things have changed in football from 1966 to 2022. Every single thing, from the pitches to the players to the fans, the supporters to the coverage, every single aspect of it has changed gigantically. In our time, people are amazed when I say after the World Cup final I went home, and I cut the grass and, and clean my car. They're quite astounded. They, they probably thought, well, you know, we want a celebratory month off, you know, enjoying ourselves. We played, it was July 30th. Clubs have started training for the following season. I think we had about a week off. We were back training and playing Chelsea within two weeks. So it was very little time because of the nature of the, of the timing of the game to, to uh, sit back and enjoy and relax. 
So that's Sir Jeff Hurst, who scored a hat-trick in England's World Cup final victory over West Germany back in 1966. Um, pretty amazing, Stuart. Well, Steve, Mbappe is a multimillionaire being paid sums of money that Jeff Hurst could only have imagined in his career. Mbappe, frankly, will not need to work again when his career is over uh, because he will already have earned enough money from salary and sponsorship deals. But when he finished playing, Jeff Hurst worked for an insurance company selling insurance policies. You know, the modern millionaire player lives in a big house and is able to employ people to do his chores, but that wasn't the situation in Jeff Hurst's day. As, as, as he said, he had to cut his own grass. One thing, of course, that hasn't changed, Steve, uh, is that the players don't have a lot of time to sit back and enjoy the memories of the World Cup because, uh, just like Hurst, some of the current players uh, were back uh, in training and playing games within a few days. Uh, when I spoke to Hurst, I asked him if he thought it was a bit strange that he was still talking about the 1966 World Cup. And he said, well, it's a kind of weird theme uh, to be known for something that happened 50 years ago. But I'm always pleasantly surprised when people stop me in the street and want to talk about it uh, or have a selfie with you. <laughs> he told me with a laugh that uh, he never minds that because the time to worry is when people don't recognise you and don't ask you. That's a nice way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, how things have changed with the lifestyle of uh, footballers uh, uh, way back in the 60s uh, and now. Um, so, Stuart, we talked lots about this World Cup. Uh, so exciting with the uh, 32 teams and uh, a thrilling uh, conclusion to the group stage games. Uh, looking ahead to the next one, 2026 in uh, the USA, Canada and Mexico, lots of concerns have been voiced already as it's going to be expanded from 32 to 48 countries, making it bigger and possibly less exciting. Well, it's good news for Africa in that Africa will have nine representatives instead of the current five. But while it's great for Africa, I think it's bad for the World Cup. You know, the current World Cup format... 32 countries still needed 64 games to reach a conclusion. But in 2026, the World Cup will have 104 games. That's an extra 40 games to be fitted in compared to this year. And one of the things that I thought was brilliant about the 2022 World Cup was how competitive the group stages were, with 27 of the 32 teams going into their final game still with the chance of proceeding to the knockout. But with an additional 16 teams, it's really quite possible that many of those will likely lose their first two games and the last one will be meaningless. Now, FIFA's original plan was to have 16 groups of three with the top two progressing to the last 32. But the problem with that format is that when the two countries play the final game, they already know exactly what they need to qualify. And if that's a draw, then you can have the potential for players simply settling for a draw. And that famously happened in 1982, Steve, when Germany played Austria, uh, both teams needing a draw to progress and eliminate Algeria. And basically, the two teams just passed the ball around without trying to win the game. Another disadvantage of that is that Teams would only play two games 
and then maybe eliminated. And in fact, if you lost the first game heavily, your World Cup was over almost before it started. So what FIFA is now planning, I understand, is to have 12 groups of four with the top two progressing and eight of the 12 third-place teams also progressing. But that means the group stage will only eliminate 16 countries reducing 48 to 32, but it'll take 72 games to do that. And you're that 72 games in the group stages compared to 64 in total this year. And then the 32 countries will progress to an additional knockout round, which really means that the World Cup really is a knockout cup with much less likelihood that the two best teams will meet in the final. There was another proposal, the FIFA Reform Committee, recognising the need for more African and Asian teams, proposed a World Cup of 40 teams, which would have been groups of five with the top two from five progressing into the last 16. And that would have taken 96 games, still a lot more games. Now, this year's World Cup lasted more than four weeks, and with the increase to 48 countries, the tournament will be lasting between five and six weeks, I think. And the implications for club competitions and for players having time off, well, I don't think that's been considered. Now, Steve, I have got a suggestion, but I don't think FIFA are interested, and that would be to stick at 32, but to have less automatic qualification places for Europe and South America. Meaning, for example... Uh, Nigeria and Ivory Coast, which didn't make the five this year, could play, say, Wales or Ecuador in an intercontinental playoff for the final places. But I don't think FIFA are listening. Uh, well, they should do because uh, it's a lot of games, uh, as you say, and I'm sure we're going to be uh, talking about this a lot uh, over the uh, next couple of years. And uh, Stuart, one significant story while the World Cup was on that we didn't have time to talk about, uh, the Ivory Coast legend Colo Toure became manager of Wigan, who are fighting relegation in the English Championship. Uh, Toure was assistant to Brendan Rodgers at Leicester, uh, getting his first job now as manager and becoming the fourth black manager in the second tier championship well yes as you say uh colatory are you there oh no okay i'll i'm redoing this colatory had a magnificent career 100 appearances for ivory coast as well as 225 league games for arsenal winning the league reaching the champions league final he then played for manchester city winning the premier league again with city then uh, a spell at Liverpool before moving to Scotland to play for Celtic, where Brendan Rodgers was the manager. And Rodgers got Colo involved in coaching there. And when Rodgers became manager of Leicester City, he invited Colo to go with them. But this will be his first managerial job in his own right. Wigan is a town of 100,000 people just outside Manchester. Wigan Athletic have been in the Premier League but are currently in the relegation zone in the championship. Despite being a top Premier League player, I was impressed by the way uh, Colotori didn't immediately demand uh, a manager's job, but was prepared to work as a coach and assistant to Brenton Rogers to learn his trade. Steve, a little personal story. I interviewed Colotori 
in Abidjan way back in 2005. We had arranged the interview and he didn't show up. And I just thought, typical prima donna footballer. But then 15 minutes later, there was Colo apologising profusely for being late, saying his sister had come to the hotel unexpectedly and he had to search something out for her. And now we could have as much time with him as we wanted. I was really impressed with how gracious he was and how determined he was to keep his commitment. Good qualities uh, as a person alongside great knowledge of football. So with the World Cup break, Torrey had a long wait for his first game. He started with a draw and two defeats, leaving Wigan still in the bottom four, second from the bottom at the moment. It doesn't look an easy job. Uh, so a lot of work uh, then for Colo Torre to do at Wigan. Thanks, Stuart. This week on social media, asking for your thoughts on the 48-team World Cup. Uh, so after the excitement of Qatar, the next World Cup in 2026 will be expanded from 32 teams to 48. Africa has nine slots, up from five. And as Stuart was saying there, the tournament format is still being considered, but it could have as many as 104 games. It could last more than five weeks with a knockout phase from a round of 32. So are you in favour of a 48-team World Cup or are you happy as it is? You can give us your thoughts on our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. What do you think about the 48-team World Cup that's coming in 2026? Well, that's it for the show for this week and indeed for this year. So uh, thanks so much for supporting us here at Planet Sport Football Africa. We look forward to an exciting and a great 2023. So from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.